Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Jackson, it's so great to have you here with us on Wednesday, November 15th, 2023. Duke basketball, 2-1 and one on the year. They're back in the win column after a top 20 win over Michigan State last night. The Blue Devils down the Spartans in the Champions Classic, and it's so good to see Duke get back to their winning ways in Chicago. We talk about the game with our good pal Kevin Connolly, the site expert on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils. If you have not done so already, please be sure that you follow and subscribe to Lockdown Blue Devils for free wherever you get your podcasts. Also, be sure to leave us a five-star rating and written review. The algorithms really do love those written reviews. Be sure to check us out on YouTube as well. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Like this video. Share it with your friends. Your support means so much to us. Again, Lockdown Blue Devils, your only daily podcast devoted to everything going on in the life of of Duke Athletics. Follow us on X at LO underscore Blue Devils. I'm there as well at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. So without further ado, let's bring on my good pal Kevin Connolly. And Kevin, how sweet it is. We've got the Duke Blue Devils back in the win column, my friend. Gritty win back in the win column, face some adversity, and they were able to overcome it. So um, really pleased with what you saw in Chicago the other night. Uh, We talked about the Arizona game for Duke, a game in two halves, right? We talked about sort of the rebounding advantage, half number one against the Wildcats. They win the boards 29-15. Duke evens it out, and Duke wins the rebounding battle in the second half, 18-16 against Arizona. Uh, Three-point shooting, it was not good for Duke in that first half. They shot two of 12 in that three-point range in the first half against the Wildcats, six of 11 in the second half. For Duke in last night's game against Michigan State, the Blue Devils led at the half by 11 points. They won the game by nine. So uh, a pretty good game all around for Duke to walk away with the win. Michigan State made a couple of runs. They started to make a little bit of a run late, but it was Caleb Foster ultimately who told the tale for this Duke team. He was the key player, the spotlight player for this Duke basketball team, but really just to put together, in essence, a wire-to-wire kind of complete victory for Duke, that was really awesome to see. Yeah, it was certainly good to see, especially the Caleb Foster point. Um, It was ugly to watch, though, in the opening 10 minutes um, for the large majority of that first half. I think there was a point where Duke had only given up five points in about six minutes and was still losing the game. Um, Turnovers killed them early on. But, yeah, you look at Caleb Foster in that second half, 16 of his 18 points. As you mentioned, when Michigan State tried to make a run, it felt like it was him who made the big shot to kind of keep them at arm's distance and and put that game on ice for Duke. Um, And and certainly there's different styles in the way Arizona plays and the way Michigan State plays. I think um, people, everyone would agree that Arizona is more athletic, um, at least right now in the season, than Michigan State. Um, Michigan State, it feels like for their first three games, everyone talks about how good of a shooting team there are they are, but they haven't didn't aren't making three pointers until that second half when Tyson Walker, who's a phenomenal guard, by the way, um, started to hit some three pointers and and it feels like that's gonna be the success of Michigan State. If they're gonna hit some shots, that they're, they're gonna win. Um I would pump the brakes a little bit and say how good Duke's defense was. In the first half, I don't think it was very good. I mean, Michigan State's three-pointers were wide open. They just weren't hitting it. If Michigan State had hit their three-pointers, 
um, they would have been winning at halftime and they probably would have had 45 plus points or, or something close to that. Um, so, but as the second half got on, Duke really settled in. Can, and in credit Michigan State, Michigan State played um, a really good defensive first half. They forced Duke into a lot of those um, turnovers. And I think the one thing was that a lot of the Duke turnovers were coming from their veterans. Now you say veterans talking about the sophomores and Mark Mitchell, Jeremy Rose, Tyrese Proctor. And I think that might be a little bit concerning, but they were able to clean it up in the second half. No doubt about that. Excited to talk more about this game and the individual performances like Caleb Foster that we'll do a little bit later in the show. But just all in all, for Duke to be on a big stage like this once again with the entire basketball world playing, you look at Champions Classics in years past, I'd love a Duke fan to do the research here for us and maybe let us know down in the comments below. It does typically feel like Duke is the second game of the night that Duke mm -hmm. is always having to kind of wait a little bit to see how that first game would go before they're even able to play. And so I was just pleased to be able to get it going right away and not have to sit around and wait. Boy, we did see a dandy last night between Kansas and Kentucky mm -hmm. after that Duke-Michigan State game. But, Kevin, that was my big thing. I was just thrilled that we were able to watch Duke right away and not have to kind of sit there. I'm the type of nervous Duke fan that wants to see the game play out and see how it's going to go. I'm glad we got to see that right away. Yeah, and I again, I, like you said, I don't have the stats in front of me either of the game times, but it feels like when Duke plays the first game, it feels like it's always against Michigan State. Now, I don't know if that's any shade towards the Spartans or whatever. Yeah. But I mean, granted, when you think of your four big blue buds, it's Duke, Kansas, Kentucky, and North Carolina. And obviously, if you can get a matchup with either Duke, Kansas, or Kentucky in it, you're probably going to put that in the second window of your doubleheader. So, so that's what it feels like um, Duke getting those first games against Michigan State. But, um, yeah, let's be honest. In, t in terms of the way the two games played out, um, I think ESPN hit it the right way with putting Duke and Michigan State first and Kansas and Kentucky second because, like you said, that Kansas-Kentucky game, man, that was something special. And um, I think all four of the teams in the Champions Classic this year, although their records might not show it right now, especially from Michigan State, and uh, I, I think these teams are all going to have really good years. Yeah, to your point, I really can't think of Michigan State playing in the second game of the Champions Classic. Yeah, talking about sort of the hierarchy of the Blue Bloods and the Spartans and their green basketball. Here I am unknowingly throwing on a green shirt here today uh, <laughs> after Duke was able to down Michigan State last night. So I want to talk about Caleb Foster, the player of the game for Duke. 18 points on the night. 16 of them came in the second half for the Blue Devils, and we'll have that conversation after our first time out here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils. Locked On Blue Devils here today is brought to you by our friends over at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything that you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or you get your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
All right, we move forward here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils. J.J. Jackson alongside my pal Kevin Connolly, who's the site expert for Ball Durham. If you will, Kevin, tell us a little bit about your website. Promote your fine work. Well, at BallDurham.com, we have everything you could possibly want in terms of Duke athletics. We're all over the football team. Um, really tough loss over the weekend against North Carolina, but they're looking to bounce back this weekend. And obviously, uh, wall-to-wall basketball coverage, anything you could potentially want um, in terms of Duke basketball. We have it um, from op- opponent previews, game recaps, uh, post-game press conference quotes, opinions, um, recruiting. We got it all over there. So um, come give us a follow on Twitter at ball underscore Durham, and then you could uh, read us online, like you said, at balldurham.com. Duke's got three straight games coming up at home before they will have two consecutive road games at Arkansas in the ACC-SEC Challenge, and then their first conference game of the season, Duke's in Atlanta at Georgia Tech. So we take a look at these matchups coming up for the Blue Devils, and we start first uh, with last night's game. Uh, Before we get to that, uh, Duke, of course, the individual standouts. We talked a lot about Caleb Foster a little bit ago, and it was his 18 points that really told the story. What impressed you most about Caleb Foster? I think it was his poise, right? I mean, a freshman who didn't score against Arizona. I don't think we mentioned that so far in this broad, in this uh, show. Yeah, Did didn't not do score. anything. Yeah, he, he, he didn't. Um, if you watch the film back on that game, which I did a couple of times just to try to really see what went wrong, you don't notice him on the floor. It was like a couple with a couple of players, Ryan Young, who I'll certainly get into a little bit later on, how he performed against Michigan State. I mean, you noticed him on the floor because he was such at a disadvantage, but you just didn't know when Caleb Foster was out there. But So first I think it was his poise, his poise um, and his resiliency to bounce back. And then it has to be his efficiency, right? Uh, seven of eight in the game. I think it was six of seven in the second half. Um, those 16 points coming in the second half. And lastly, you have to include how clutch he was. Um, like I mentioned in the first segment, uh, every time Michigan State made a run in the last – six or seven minutes it felt like he was the one that came away with the basket um to say no guys i got you his back-to-back three pointers with about three minutes to go pushed the lead to 12 um that was the largest lead duke ever had in the game um and from that point on you knew duke was probably going to come away with the win i think it's the highs and lows of a freshman season it's 15 points in the debut for caleb foster nothing against arizona and then he walks away with 18 against michigan state Jared McCain had nothing last night for the Duke Blue Devils, but it was Caleb Foster kind of able to step up. Four or five from the outside shooting. I will say a couple of the shots he was taking from three-point range. There was a hand right in his face, and a couple of them, I was a little upset at the shot selection. Didn't really feel like it was the best look, but Caleb Foster makes it. What can you say? You go back down on the end, and it's three points there for Duke. So just incredible shot-making ability on display last night for Foster. Yeah, and it was. And the one shot that he missed was a three-pointer, and it was, and it was a heat check. Let's be, let's call it what it was. It was a heat check right from the top of the key. Um, he was feeling good about himself, and no one really could complain. Was it a good shot? No. But when someone's making shots like that, um, you see it at every level of basketball. You just get in the ball and, and let them heave one up and, and, and hope it goes in. But, um, yeah, with Jared McCain, I, I think a conversation is going to have to be had about the starting lineup. Now, I know Jared McCain's in there to expand the floor and shoot, and he, he's bigger. Um, and obviously, you get, want to get into a conversation then about Caleb Foster and his size. Uh, but 
he he held his own last night offensively and defensively. You didn't look when Michigan State was on offense and say, all right, yeah, that one guard is killing Duke because Caleb Foster is guarding him. Um, now you could you said that with Tyson Walker when he was switched off of Tyrese Proctor, but like I said, Tyson Walker is an incredible guard in this country. Um, one of the best players in the Big Ten, maybe the best player in the Big Ten. So it's no shame in giving up a couple of buckets to him. But um, the one aspect of Caleb Foster's game last night that's not going to be talked about a lot was his defense, and I thought that was equally as good as his offense. So we talked about Foster. We talked about Jared McCain. There's another guard that you got to be sure to give some love to, and that's Tyrese Proctor for the Blue Devils. Four of 12 shooting from the floor, one of five from three-point range. Those numbers – uh, quite simply, are just not great for Tyrese Proctor. But it was everything else that he was able to do for the Blue Devils that really made an impact. Six rebounds, six assists, zero turnovers in about 38 minutes of action. I mean, Proctor did everything last night for the Blue Devils. They gave him a lot to manage, and he did a remarkable job of doing that. John Shire yeah. clearly in year two has a lot of trust in Tyrese Proctor. He does, and when Caleb Foster's on the floor, you have three point guards on the floor thrown in Jeremy Roach as well, so it could even take some of the pressure off of Tyrese Proctor. And like you said, the shooting numbers, they're not good. They have to improve. Um, but you see the elevation in his game everywhere else. He's more he's a more willing rebounder this year than he was last year. Um, his court vision is better. His defense has taken a step up because once Duke stopped switching – on the ball screens from Tyson Walker and kept Proctor on him. That's when that's why he didn't continue his hot streak late in the game. So, um, yeah, Tyrese Proctor. The shooting numbers have to get better. We thought they were really good. They we thought they were going to get better, especially coming af- off that exhibition against UNC Pembroke. Um, now, granted, the competition of UNC Pembroke it, is not very good for this Blue Devil team, but you still got to make the shots no matter who you're playing. And that hasn't translated for Tyrese Proctor over the first three games of the season. But, um, again, you don't want to say this guy can improve his shooting after just three games. There's still a lot of season left to be played. But um, that's the one aspect of his game that does have to improve. Really liked what Duke got out of Mark Mitchell. I thought he had a really good game. Kyle Filipowski made a lot of really tough shots and fought hard all night long for the Duke basketball team. The outside shot didn't fall, ironically, for Filipowski Last night, after starting four for his first six to open up the season, uh, goes 0 for 4 from three-point range, but still found ways to make tough bucket after bucket. Had guys in his face all night long, and uh, really, I thought Flip had a good game. Yeah, and he's going to have to get used to it, let's be honest. Teams are going to do that to him. They're going to rough him up. They're going to bump him around. They're not going to give him anything easy, and it feels like he accepted that challenge against Michigan State. Tom Izzo, Hall of Fame coach, his game plan was going to come in to, to slow down Kyle Filipowski. You're not going to stop him, but you just want to slow him down. And I think the passing that Filipowski had, he only had three assists, but some of his passes that led to buckets were, were just phenomenal. When Michigan State brought double and triple teams at him, out of him, he stayed calm. He stayed poised. He, he's seven foot, so he's still able to look over those double and triple teams, look around them, and find open guys. Um, I think Kyle Filipowski, people will talk about it because he had 15 and 8. I think he's even underrated um, for how well he played last night. What did we see from Ryan Young? It's talk about a complete 180 from one game (laughs) to another. Now, again, Ryan Young is not going to thrive against very athletic front courts. And that's what Arizona has. And that's what Michigan State does not have. Michigan State's front court is not 
um, very athletic. That being said, Ryan Young was phenomenal last night. I think last night was probably the best game Ryan Young has played in his two-year career at Duke. Um, eight points, seven rebounds, couple assists in 24 minutes. He had the highest plus-minus rating on the team last night. Um, if you're unfamiliar with a plus-minus rating, a plus-minus rating is um, what the team does when you're on the floor. So I think Duke outscored Michigan State by 24 points when Ryan Young was on the floor last night. Crazy. That was the highest of anybody on the Duke team. Um, yeah, he was incredible last night. And, and I have to give John Shire credit because the best lineup for Duke last night was Tyrese Proctor, Jeremy Roach, uh, Caleb Foster, Kyle Filipowski, and Ryan Young. And I thought late in the game, even when Michigan State was going to make their run, I thought he was going to take Young out and put Mark Mitchell in, who, let's be honest, Mark Mitchell ha had a decent game, 13 points. He got to the line a lot. His, his points came from the line. He was 9 of 9 from the free throw line. And he Again, knocked him down. That was a big he, point. He knocked him down. He did. Uh, he still doesn't look fully healthy to me. Um, now, I know he played in the last two games, didn't play against Dartmouth, that ankle sprain. Um, maybe he gets a game off in these next three just to try and get fully healthy. Um, but I credit John Shire for leaving Ryan Young out there. He stuck with his best five on the floor last night, and it paid off dividends. And then finally did put uh, Mark Mitchell back on the floor as another free throw shooter, another ball handler, and maybe a little bit of better defender than Ryan Young in the last 90 seconds. Um, but, yeah, Ryan Young uh, – Again, watched every game he's played at Duke since he's come over from Northwestern. I firmly believe last night was his best game in a Duke uniform. Excited to see what this Duke basketball team can do in the days and weeks to come. A couple of big games coming up for the Duke Blue Devils before they really get tested once again on the road at Arkansas. Let's see how Duke can uh, kind of get back into the swing of things, build some more momentum starting on Friday against Bucknell, and we'll do that when we wrap up our conversation on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils right after this. Lockdown Blue Devils here today is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. FanDuel is absolutely America's number one sports book. And if you don't have FanDuel in your life, then shame on you. You've got to go over to FanDuel to see all the best lines for the NFL season. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150. If your team wins, if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than now. The app is so easy to use, a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. So go ahead and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. Final few moments here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils. J.J. Jackson, alongside my pal Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham. And we're talking about Duke basketball kind of moving forward. They've gotten a win against Michigan State. Now they get to go back home. They're going to play um, some mid-major teams coming up on their schedule. And uh, what's going to be kind of the key emphasis or what? What are, where are we at uh, in the Duke season now? Three games into the year, but knowing the next three are uh, against favorable opponents for Duke. 
Yeah, it's the Blue Devil Invitational. They get three games in Cameron, like you said, before they go to Arkansas and before they go to Georgia Tech. So after these three home games, um, back-to-back road games, one being one of the toughest games this team's going to face all season, and another being a conference game on the road, which are always difficult to win. Um, you look first at Bucknell. Let, let's be honest. Not, they're not very good. Um, they're one in three. I think the biggest thing for Duke is you can't let this be a trap game. Um, coming off the big win against Michigan State just a few days later, playing Bucknell uh, on a Friday night, a little bit of a strange start time at 6 o'clock. Um, biggest thing I'm looking for is the rookies. I'm looking at Jared McCain. I'm looking for him to try and have a big game here against Bucknell. I'm looking for more minutes from Sean Stewart as well. Sean Stewart provided some good minutes against Arizona. Thought he had a couple good minutes against Michigan State as well. Want to see him out there for an extended period of time against Bucknell. LaSalle is the best of the three teams coming up. Um, A team from the Atlantic 10. Now, that's a mid-major conference, but a lot of people know Atlantic 10 teams are typically capable of making noise in March. The competition they've beaten so far is not the best. Drexel, Northeastern, and Bucknell, they play Southern Indiana over the weekend, who Duke sees um, the following week um, on next Friday night. So um, the LaSalle game is the best uh, team in this three-game stretch. And like I said, Southern Indiana coming the day after Thanksgiving on, on Friday, November 24th. Um, that's the worst of these three teams, in my opinion. So um, a game for Duke against Bucknell not to fall into a trap. They're going to have some competition, in my opinion, against LaSalle. And then Southern Indiana, I think, is a good tune-up game um, coming after, coming right after Thanksgiving. Um, get that turkey out of you, <laughs> your gear up, and then you go down to Arkansas um, a couple days later and face um, probably the most hostile atmosphere you're going to face this season. And I'm including the Carolina game in that um, Arkansas and Fayetteville is going to absolutely be on fire when the blue devils come into that arena um, on the last couple of days in November. We're going to be able to talk about the rotation in the upcoming days and, and sort of what that looks like for the Duke basketball team. John Shire, some interesting comments after the game last night, making it seem like maybe the rotations kind of solidified very limited minutes for Sean Stewart, although he was one of the first players off the bench for Duke, given how well Ryan Young played last night. Jalen Blakes, not really involved in what Duke is doing. TJ Power did not get off the bench, a top freshman that Duke has this season, and no Christian Reeves at all for Duke. So I think these next three games, Kevin, might be a chance for those players to kind of you know, prove a point that maybe they do want to be a part of what Duke's doing. It 100% is, and it's a chance for them to develop. Like, if Duke needs 35 minutes from Kyle Filipowski, Jeremy Roach, Tyrese Proctor, Mark Mitchell, so on and so forth, in these three games, something's gone wrong. Something's gone very, very wrong, either in the game or with the development and practice of these younger players. So um, that's the biggest thing to look for in these next three games. It's the development and trying to grow the confidence of these younger guys. Um, Because let's be honest, when we get in – to February and March, the rotation is going to naturally shrink as it always does. But you're probably going to need these guys eventually to come off the bench and provide good minutes on the road at Virginia Tech, on the road at NC State, in a home game um, against Miami. You're going to need these guys to perform well. So this is the chance for them to really get their feet wet and try and put together multiple positive games in a row. So that's what fans should look for um, over these next 10 days or so. 
Well, we'll be talking all about it here on Lockdown Blue Devils. You'll be writing about it and have plenty of stories coming people's ways over at balldurham.com. Kevin, as always, it's delightful to see you. Thank you for the time here today, and we'll do this again next week, okay? Thanks, JJ. All right, that's Kevin Connolly joining us here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils. Thank you so much for your support here of the program today. That will do it for our show. We're back at it with you again tomorrow. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you, and good day.